0: Welcome back into the Dynasty Optimus. It's your boy, Brad, or the Reno Royals for you new guys. And I'm here with my co-host, Andrew, or the Cleveland Steamboats. How you doing, man?
1: I'm doing really well. I'm so happy to be back. It's been a long time coming, and you and I have sat down many times to try and figure out when we're going to kickstart this, uh, this podcast again. And here we are. We have some juicy trades. I mean, just juicy trades lined up to talk about here. And uh, I can't
0: wait. Yeah man, I'm super excited for this. It's and hey, welcome into all our new guys that we have in the league. Uh, it's it's pretty exciting to have you guys in here. It feels like you kind of breathe some fresh air into the league and you a whole lot of trades came out of it. That's for damn sure. We're going to be talking about a bunch of those today and really let's 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 get into the trades now. So whole, today's whole episode is just going to be centered around some of the recent trades that have happened since we transitioned into into this new year of uh the 2022 season. So we're gonna start this off in kind of a chronological order of uh, when these trades occurred. So cause some of these players were double traded or maybe even triple traded throughout this time span from when we transitioned the lead to up until now. So we're gonna start off with January 30th. We had a couple trades to go through right off the bat. So this first one we're gonna bring up, the Columbus Curb Stompers received the two oh two, the second pick in the second round here. And then the Boston Boston Cream Pies received Damian Harris. So um I know you have some opinions on this trade, so I'll let you get to it here in just a second. Um, My real quick thoughts is, I really like this for the curb stompers. I don't see Damian Harris as a long-term asset, and the curb stompers are not competing this year. Uh, And really, the second pick in the second round this year is not too bad, given... I I think this draft has a little better depth than people are giving it credit for. So I think it's a good trade for the curb stompers. What do you think about this trade?
1: I love this trade for the, uh, the curb stompers here. The 202 in the 2022 class is going to be I think a very fascinating player and I think you have a lot of options there you have a, the wide receivers man it's so deep at wide receivers there are so many wide receivers that I absolutely love and obviously everyone's salivating over Traylon Burks but there's so many others that I think are really close to either the same tier or potentially above Traylon Burks I'm not saying that any of those res- receivers will be there at the 2-0-2, but I think you have you know, you have ammunition with the 2 2 to move up if you really love someone, or you just kind of chill and, you know, wait. In terms of Damian Harris, though, Damian Harris is, in my opinion, a committee back, and I don't really see that changing. He's very similar to Ramondre Stevenson on the same team. Obviously, they're both New England uh, players. We have the Boston Cream Pies, who is a New England fan, so I know it's more enjoyable to play fantasy when you have... Uh, players on your favorite team personally I lean the 202 side and Damian Harris you're really just shooting for the stars and hoping that he is the lead back and he has the bulk of the carries in that offense
0: yeah I don't think we see Damian Harris any differently I see him right around the same area as Ramondre Stevenson I I think Ramondre Stevenson showed some showed some promise this year and I don't I'm not fully convinced that Harris is going to have the backfield to himself like he did at the start of last season all right, so let's go to the next trade from January 30th. So here we've got the Jersey Giants receiving Deontay Foreman, DK Metcalf, Darnell Mooney, and Ramondre Stevenson, who was just previously mentioned. And then the Gamecocks are receiving DeAndre Hopkins, Joe Mixon, and Brevin Jordan. So I think right off the top, we can kind of, I don't want to say disregard, but we can kind of disregard the Brevin Jordan and the Deontay Foreman on either side of the trade. Just They're, they're both kind of just throwing guys and, not that I don't think either of them have any value, but the, compared to the rest of these guys in this trade, it's kind of negligible. Um, on the Gamecock side, I kind of really respect where the direction they're going in all of their upcoming trades that we're going to be talking about. They're definitely trying to shoot for the moon this year, which, hey, if you're going to you, really what fantasy is all about is winning championships. So I, I respect the moves. Um, the trade as a whole, though, like if we're just looking at value, I think it's pretty fair uh, on either side. The Giants definitely got younger, acquiring DK Metcalf, Darnell Mooney, Ramondre Stevenson, trading away uh, Hopkins and Joe Mixon. And I know just from talks and both chat and DMs that the Giants love DK Metcalf, so that's good. It's always good to have your own the, the guys that you support heavily. But the Darnell Mooney, I'm not a huge Darnell Mooney guy. I just don't see the appeal with him. I know he had some value, but it just he was the, felt like the only guy in the offense last year with Allen Robinson. Just honestly. Non-existing at all, so it's kind of that part doesn't appeal to me as much. But for the Giants' purpose, I see what he was doing. He was just trying to get younger, especially with the previous manager having such an old roster. Uh, What do you think about this trade, Andrew?
1: I absolutely adore what the Gamecocks are doing with their roster. Uh, Like you said, I don't think they're even shooting for the moon. I think they're shooting for the stars. I mean they they want to win right now. They do not want to see you win another championship. Uh, in 2022 like he did in 2021 and i respect it i respect the hell out of it um he's he's a guy that is really interesting for the state of the league because he he really is that manager that from what it appears obviously that does not shy away from trading away uh you know younger assets or draft capital or whatever it is to try and win and that's something that we've struggled with a lot of our managers in this league, and you know, our wonderful league that we all love, they're a little bit more conservative, right? They they usually lean more towards acquiring draft capital, you know, doing it the old-fashioned way, only getting the players from the draft, not really trading for those those high-tier assets. But he is the complete opposite. I mean, he, you know, boom, DeAndre Hopkins, Joe Mixon, both win now pieces. D Hop, I love D Hop, I love Mixon. And obviously DK Metcalf is a great asset to have uh, Darnell Mooney screaming sell. So I think that was a really good move on his part, but he wants to compete, man. And he is definitely gunning for, you know, semifinals. I think at least our, you know, championship,
0: uh, obviously preferred. Yeah. I think we see this trade extremely similarly. All right. So let's move on to this next one. This might be the most important trade of all of them that have gone down. So the last trade on January 30th, the Air Rats received Nelson Aguilar and the Curb, Curb Stompers received $1 in fab. Electric move, electric move. I I don't have any words for this. Andrew, do you have any words? Classic poverty rats. I mean, <laughs> it's just as simple as poverty that. poverty <laughs> rats. That is the, the ultimate poverty move, man. Just those dang Air Rats. All right.
1: I love it, man. He's such a meme and it's just... It makes me happy every time I the, look at it.
0: The best part about it is this man hates Nelson Aguilar more than anyone. He, being an Eagles fan. That it's just I love that he acquired him. Anyways, we'll we'll move on to some trades that matter. So the next day, January 31st, we had some more trades pop off. So this first one we're gonna get into here is Prestige Worldwide received Dan Arnold and Eno Benjamin. And then the Roanoke Bulldogs received Donald Parham in a 2023 fourth. Uh not a huge trade. Uh to me it just felt like two teams flip flopping tight end assets for which one, which flavor you like, personally. I think Donald Parham's a solid player. He could be the starter for the Chargers, so I see the upside. And honestly, I see the upside for Dan Arnold, too, if he stays with the Jaguars currently, as the Jaguars we're targeting and probably will continue to target the tight end quite a bit with Doug Peterson. Do you have any deeper thoughts than that on this trade?
1: No, unfortunately, I do not. There's really not much to dive into when it comes to this trade. Like you said, it's just which flavor of tight end do you like and which – which dart throw do you you know which color dart do you want you want a red dart or a black dart because you're just throwing them at the board and hoping for the best on on either side so
0: yeah i agree it's just uh i i am fine with the trade it's whatever to both of those teams i'm as long as they're happy with the tight ends they received so this next trade i'm gonna bring it up i'm gonna let you talk about it and then uh i will kind of defend my side and talk about the trade a little further because i'm in it So this is the other trade on january 31st i received jk dobbins zach wilson the 403 and the 410 both kind of negligible and then the roanoke bulldogs received deshaun watson davis mills and chris carson what do you think about this one
1: this trade is really interesting because jk dobbins you just traded away in 2021 prior to your championship run i did and then now the 2022 offseason starts and boom you're acquiring jk dobbins again and the big thing to me is moving deshaun watson i know that you i remember when he traded for deshaun watson and this is obviously prior to all of the uh allegations and legal bullshit surrounding him but i i really love deshaun watson and i think most dynasty managers are fully aware of what he can be on the field when he plays i think just the the fear of you know, all of the legality issues kind of restricting him on where he's going to play or if he's going to play or how long he's going to be on the bench for whatever. I think it was a good move for you because you have the quarterback situation, you know, fully just ready to go on your team and you don't need Deshaun Watson. But to me, Deshaun Watson represents uh, elite 20-plus points per game, you know, quarterback play. So, like, very similar to players like Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, Justin Herbert, Kyler Murray, Lamar Jackson, and then Deshaun Watson. He's kind of in that tier for me personally. And that tier is where you want to be in Superflex. You want at least, I mean, if you have two, you know, you are just a, you are just blessed. But if you can get at least one on your roster, that's what you want. You want those those elite producers at the quarterback position because those are the difference makers, right? You don't you want to try and avoid the Tana Hills and you know those kind of players Baker Mayfield's if you can you want one elite producer like Sean Watson. So I think it's a great trade for the Bulldogs Davis Mills. I don't really know. I mean, I know he traded away Davis Mills and we're going to get to that soon, but Chris Carson has a little bit of value, not much, but I really love the J.K. Dobbins acquisition for you because it just gives you more depth. And it just allows you to uh, push even harder for a a repeat and win another 2022 championship. Zach Wilson, I'm not sure how you feel about Zach Wilson, but he has a very interesting range of outcome. I think he can be a really good player on the Jets, but the Jets roster was terrible last season. There are some holes they need to fill. However, I think Zach Wilson potentially has more upside than like Baker Mayfield even at this point. So... Maybe you walked away with a huge dub. We'll see.
0: Yeah. Personally, why I did this trade, you kind of mentioned it already. I was set at quarterback. I have Justin Herbert and Joe Burrow. I've got my two long-term starters. And I, while you can never have enough at the quarterback position, just because it's so valuable and super flex, I really wanted to add more firepower to another championship run, which is why I wanted to re-add JK Dobbins after I traded him away last season. Um, Zach Wilson is interesting. I think he has good upside, very good upside. Uh, I don't think he has, like, elite tier upside necessarily, but I think he has solid upside. And I people are kind of writing him off, and I just haven't yet. He doesn't He hasn't have the best supporting cast. I mean, even Elijah Moore didn't really pick it up until the end of the season. So I, I don't know. We'll see with Zach Wilson. It could end up just blowing up in my face if Zach Wilson's Trash and J.K. Dobbins doesn't get the carries that we all hoped for, and Lamar Jackson steals too much work, or they add another running back, whatever it might be. But I I like it for a move in twenty twenty two for going towards the championship, anyways. And honestly, on the other side, it was a great move to acquire Deshaun Watson, Davis Mills. He's he's whatever. I'm I was fine trading him away. I I don't think he's terrible. Don't think he's great. But I, I get why the Bulldogs did it. Uh, they wanted another just dart throw at, at quarterback. But Deshaun Watson was a great add for him, and I I applaud him for it. And he was great to trade with. So, all right, let's move on to the next one. So, the next day on February first, we had a trade between Prestige Worldwide and Tultmeier. Uh Prestige Worldwide received Trey Sermon, and Taltmeyer received a twenty twenty three second. And tr- Trey Sermon didn't work out. And I personally, I don't know if he ever will work out. I don't love this trade uh, on the Prestige Worldwide side. I personally, I would rather have the twenty twenty three second. I wouldn't be upset at throwing later round picks at Trey Sermon as a dart throw, maybe, but I'm not. I'm not very high on him. Uh, do you have different views, or do you like this trade at all?
1: I wish I did. I wish I had better news uh, for the Trey Sermon uh, manager, the newly acquired trade storm manager but i just don't i personally looking at this trade you just acquired Keyshawn vaughn and most dynasty managers would hear Keyshawn vaughn and cringe and be like oh fuck i am screwed because Keyshawn vaughn is just he's he's dead he's dead in the water and you don't want to acquire those players in dynasty they're total face planters so like, for example, Trey Sermon, I have him in a very similar tier as, like, uh, Alexander Madison, Shuba Hubbard, Khalil Herbert. I know you like Khalil Herbert, but to me, I, I don't really see Trey Sermon ever really being the star running back that people wanted him to be when he was drafted to the Fort Niners. so...
0: Yeah, I, I don't either. And Elijah Mitchell showed enough and now Debo getting more reps at running back. I just don't I don't see it for the future for Trey Sermon. Moving on to the next one, uh we've got this is a this is kind of a doozy. I, I liked this trade and I'm kind of interested to get your opinion on it. So we've got the Gamecocks receiving Ryan Tannehill, Tyler Lockett, and Darren Waller, and then Chicago Southsiders receiving Calvin Ridley, Brevin Jordan, 2024 first and 2024 second. Uh, I'm going to get your opinion on this one right off the bat. What what do you think about this move for both Chicago and the Gamecocks?
1: All right. So I'll do, I'll do our boy Seb first, uh, Chicago. I really love this trade for Chicago. He's to me, he's really sticking to his guns when he says 2024 is going to be his rebuilding season. And he's going to, you know, he's already made the necessary moves to start rebuilding and, you know, acquire younger assets and trade away those like elite producers that are producing now but might not be producing when he's ready to compete again, which it might be 2025, might be 2026, you know, who knows, depending on those, those hits right there with the draft capital. But uh, Calvin Ridley, I mean, we don't have a landing spot for Calvin Ridley yet. We don't know if he's going to be back in Atlanta or if he's going to be elsewhere. I really like Ridley and I hope he goes somewhere that he can really shine. Brevin Jordan. I think it's a pretty good dart throw tight end acquisition Uh, but really the big thing is the 2024 force uh, first round excuse me Uh, Ryan Tannehill though Tyler Lockett and Darren Waller for the Gamecocks it just really hammers home that Gamecocks going for it all he wants the championship he wants to make a statement coming into his first season in our league and like I said before I just couldn't be happier for him and I couldn't be happier for the league because it really gives us that that extra manager in the league that's just not afraid to throw assets at winning the championship, which Dynasty is, is you know, that's really what it's all about in Dynasty is winning those championships. There's some managers like myself who are a little bit more like liberal with their draft capital and a little bit too rookie crazy. And I'll be the first one to admit that I have a problem, but that's just how I play. I like to try and rebuild and win at the same time, which bites me in the ass sometimes. But it's just how I enjoy playing dynasty. So ultimately you just do whatever you enjoy as long as it's not damaging to the league, right?
0: Yeah, I, I agree. And the game or, uh, the Gamecocks are really going for it obviously like you said, they've made three huge trades uh, to acquire older assets but high value assets at that in in order to obviously make a run for the championship. The Darren Waller trade was huge because prior to that, he just did not have one of those top tier tight ends, which I wouldn't call Darren Waller like a tier one tight end tier two, maybe tier three, probably tier two or tier three. Uh, He's still great though. Um, You you need a top tight end in tight end premium to be able to compete at the top. And let's just say in as a little teaser in an upcoming uh, off season power rankings, that's going to be dropping here shortly. Uh, Gamecocks definitely are jumping up the board. They're going to be up there uh, as one of the best competitors for this upcoming season, at least early on Uh, in, in regards to the trade, my real quick thoughts. I like it for both sides. Uh, I see the appeal for both sides. One might say that value alone, Chicago Southsiders won this trade with a 2024 first and Calvin Ridley, because they're just high value assets, regardless of Calvin Ridley's uh, issues he's got going on personally. But in in the end, if the Gamecocks are able to compete in this upcoming year, it doesn't really matter if you win or lose a trade. It's it's really about what the outcome of the trade does for your te- for your roster and your team. And if he's able to win a championship next year, then who cares what you had to give up? It's you're winning a championship. Uh, actually, and let's transition straight from that into his last trade that he made that I think really solidifies him as a contender for next year. And that's him re- the Gamecocks being receiving Derrick Henry, and then Taltmeyer receiving Lavisca Chenault and AJ Dillon. So. Derrick Henry's value apparently plummeted um not that I th- was expecting it to be super high coming off of that injury riddled season but LaVisca Chenault and AJ Dillon was a little bit of an undersell I think but I also understand it from Taltmeier's side where he's probably not competing for next year maybe the year after he could try and I do like LaVisca Chenault as kind of a little bit of a buy low target right this second with a whole new regime coming into Jacksonville Trevor Lawrence hopefully taking a step forward and then A.J. Dillon's a good backup, running back to have given the state of the Packers and just how much they run the football and how he looked last year, to be completely honest. But no, that trade really solidified Gamecocks as a extreme contender going into 2022. twenty two. I'm That that team d- definitely scares me. What do you think about this, Derek Henry, for LaVisca Chennault and A.J. Dillon trade?
1: Well, I just hope that I don't have to match up with the Gamecocks two times next season when the uh, official schedules come out or excuse me, this season, because I do not want to play against Derrick Henry and the rest of that squad. It Derrick Henry, man, like you said, it really just cemented his dominance in the league, at least on paper when it comes to his roster. So, uh, uh Chanel, AJ Dillon, I think you were right, and I think I side with you when you say that he sold for a little bit cheap but it definitely makes sense for his roster and derrick henry i'm assuming that you know a lot of managers they kind of sell those veterans preemptively because they are afraid that you know maybe they won't be able to sell at a later date so if they get the opportunity to sell they sell immediately instead of waiting for a better offer all power to the gamecocks for just jumping on that and taking advantage of it i'm not sure how you know the negotiations were if they were like really vigorous or if they were really easy and he just slam accepted, you know, but uh Laviska Chanel, I like LaViska. I think he's a screaming buy, but maybe not at that price. And AJ Dillon, like you said, they want to run the, the football in Green Bay. Uh Aaron Rodgers probably coming back, even though there's a lot of drama like there always is surrounding Aaron Rodgers. But I think that it's a it's a pretty decent move for the future. Derrick Henry, obviously, still, uh, you know, arguably a top five running back in 2022. So,
0: yep that that trade really solidified the Gamecocks. They're they're officially scary. So this next trade we're gonna go over. I'm gonna go over it really briefly. I because it just doesn't move the needle for either team a whole lot to me personally. Um, but we've got the Jersey Giants receiving Russell Wilson, Anthony Furkser, Gardner Minshew, KJ Hamler, and Van Jefferson. And then the Philadelphia Air Rats receiving Dak Prescott and a 2024 fourth. So to be honest, the only pieces in this trade I really care about are Russell Wilson, Dak Prescott, and kind of Van Jefferson a little bit. Uh, Gardner Minshew, KJ Hamler, Ferkser, and that fourth, just to me are negligible pieces. I don't really care about, care about any of them. I, I understand both sides to this. I know that Jersey Giants doesn't, doesn't want to root for Dak Prescott, which is understandable. i not that the air rats really do want to, but the air rats were obviously looking to get younger at quarterback and they did get uh four, what, four or five years younger at quarterback. Okay, transitioning from Russell Wilson to Dak Prescott. And I think the Giants must like one of those players in that group of four. I would imagine it's Van Jefferson, to move off of Dak Prescott for that. But to me, neither team really got better nor worse, kind of just negligible. What are your thoughts on that?
1: When it comes to this trade, I personally think that the fuel to this trade was the hatred for Dak Prescott. Just the the Jersey uh, Giants just despising Dak Prescott and every single time he throws the football, just cringing and hoping that it's an interception. Because... I really don't see a lot. I don't see much gain in this trade, you know, uh, at least on paper, right? I, I like Russell Wilson more than I like Dak Prescott. And I think that's, I think I'm in the minority when it comes to that. I think that Russell Wilson still has 20 points, 20 plus points per game uh, abilities. And I do not really think that Dak Prescott has that in his range of outcome going forward. I think he's going to be more of like that 18, like close, but I, I like the extra points per game that Russell Wilson potentially provides. Obviously, last season wasn't great for Russell. But when the injury obviously didn't help either. Uh, the player that I think... I guess Van Jefferson, but to me, I like KJ Hamler more than I like Van Jefferson. And I know that's a super minority opinion as well, probably. But KJ Hamler is... When he was coming into the league... I really liked him and he was he ranked really highly in my process so if i had kj hamler he'd probably just die on my roster kind of like brandon Ayuk is probably going to do he's will just forever be on my roster and i will never trade him away unless it's just like so egregious that i just would look myself in the mirror and be you know extremely upset if i didn't smash accept that offer
0: yeah i I think it's a toss-up between what the player that Uh, the Jersey Giants were looking at in that trade kind of pushed or moved the needle to the Russell Wilson side. I mean, like I said, I don't think it really does a whole ton for either team, but Hey, as long as each party's happy. So for this next trade, I know you and I have a very specific opinion on this one. Um, We got prestige worldwide receiving Amon Ross St. Brown and the curb stompers receiving 110, 301, and four Oh one. This, we kind of discussed prior to recording uh, Amon Ra in specific, just, just as a player in general, and I th- it seems like the guys on my side of the process, me being more of a film guy, you being more of an analytics-based guy, seems like typically the film guys, the film gurus, are the ones that are loving Amon Ra, and personally, i just not one of those guys. I, I think he's fine. I think he's a solid player in the NFL. I think he's solid for fantasy football, but I don't personally love him i don't see him as a needle mover when it comes to winning fantasy football games i just don't i don't see that and so i personally will side with the curb stomper side of getting the 110 301 and 401 uh, as i think there's possibly players at 110 in this upcoming draft that i would rather have than amon Ra st brown personally uh i know you share a similar thought to amon Ra. what what do you think about this one
1: yeah unfortunately unfortunately once again i'm with the the curb here and i every single time i come on this pod with you and we're together there's always something to say about prestige worldwide and i absolutely hate it and i hope that the almond Ra saint brown trade works for him and i hope that i'm wrong honestly I i really hope that i'm wrong so he can come back and rub it in my face and dm me and be like ha you know Looks like I was right and you were wrong and plus one for the film guys and minus one for the analytics guys, which is whatever. I'm, I'm always willing to take those L's when, uh, when I deserve it. But to me, the 110 offers more value. And there's a few wide receivers at the 110 that I just I really love. And they're all in the same tier, those wide receivers. So, like, I'm really happy with really any of them when it comes down to it. And I'm not going to list out names here. Maybe, maybe once we're closer to the NFL draft and, or the, and the rookie draft, we'll, we'll talk about that. When it comes to Amon Ross, St. Brown, I'm going to throw some names at you. And I'm really curious to hear what you have to say. Okay, let's do it. Would you rather have Amon Ross, St. Brown or Michael Pittman? I'm Michael Pittman on that one for sure. Okay, so you're Michael Pittman there. And Kate and... Keep Trade Cut does have Michael Pittman above Amon raw St. Brown currently. Interesting I'm gonna find that. a player below Amon raw and I'll do the same thing. What Amon about St. Brown
0: go ahead. or Rashad Bateman? I'm Rashad Bateman. Definitely Rashad Bateman. Okay. I okay. I, I just he, like the upside of both Rashad Bateman and Michael Pittman as potential number one receivers uh over Amon raw I just don't see Amon raw as a number one guy. I see him as a number two receiver at best on an offense do you do you disagree
1: no no I don't disagree I think that the Jets excuse me the Lions will potentially bring in another wide receiver to accompany Amon-Ra St. Brown and then allow Amon-Ra to work as the two because I don't think he has number one in his range of outcome I think he needs uh, you know a dominant wide receiver on the other side to to work more effectively so I'm, I'm totally with you there
0: Okay, cool. I was and it really when it comes to Amon Ra, the argument I guess at that point would be that he did it last year being the only guy there, but to me, I don't he did he really do it though? I mean, he he was fine last season. He had 90 catches for 900 yards and five touchdowns and well, while that's solid for a rookie, he had the 90 receptions. It's I that just feels like his peak. I mean, I feel like he'd get that as a number two receiver as well, and I just don't really want that as my peak as a wide receiver. It's I mean, he's good, not great, and that's just kind of what he will be to me, just personally. Um, all right, let's move on to this next trade here. This next one's. Kind of small once again, but I do heavily, heavily, heavily prefer one side. I'll let you start off on the analysis on it, though. So we got Roanoke Bulldogs receiving OJ Howard and the Gamecocks receiving Curtis Samuel. What do you think between... Do you like Curtis Samuel or OJ Howard? Love,
1: love, love the OJ Howard acquisition. Love it. I think that is such a speculative, uh, speculative buy, and I think he made a great move here. OJ Howard... I know it's been a while since uh you know he's been in the league and it's been a while since his combine and his profile coming in but he's a freak he is an absolute monster uh you know when it comes to his height his weight burst score all that crap so i'm really excited for oj howard and i really hope he gets another opportunity somewhere where he can shine and maybe like for example jacksonville or you know one of these teams or heck, I mean, even the Jets. I think it'd be super exciting for him on the Jets. I don't think they have the answer for tight end on their current roster, so I would love OJ Howard, Howard over, over
0: the Cardinals too, man.
1: The, ooh, the Cardinals that—that mm, that is juicy as well. That is real juicy. I think that oh, man—he is an athletic freak—and I would love to see him with Kyler out there. Yeah. But when it, when it comes to Curtis Samuel though, I don't think Curtis Samuel has a lot of value and i would want him as far away from my roster as humanly possible that doesn't mean that he uh, doesn't have something to offer but to me i think the risk is really high and i don't think the reward is really justifies that risk personally
0: yeah, I just don't see Curtis Samuel ever having the potential of really being a starter on your roster. He's more of just a bi-week filler at best. And I do see OG, O.J. Howard as having the potential to be starting. Uh, I he If he goes to the right situation, he like you said, he has the athletic profile. He just has been injured, and he, he really could be a starting tight end, especially in a two-tight end starting league like we have. I, he easily could be your tight end, too, but if he goes to a team like Jacksonville or Arizona. I love both those landing spots, and I have not given up on O.J. Howard, so I absolutely loved that trade. Uh, for the Roanoke Bulldogs, Gamecocks. I mean, I get it. They they have their starting tight ends already. They were looking for a little bit more receiver depth. So it's hey, to each their own. The next trade we're going to be going over here is the Jersey Giants receiving Dawson Knox, Devonte Smith, and a 2023 20, second, and then the Boston Cream Pies, which is a hilarious name by the way, uh, receiving Zach Ertz, Adam Thielen, and Tyreek Hill. So. Once again, going back to the trade that the Jersey Giants made for DK Metcalf, this is kind of a similar situation to me where they're trying to get younger. That team that they they acquired was an old roster. Granted, it was a championship caliber roster, but it was a very, very old roster that probably would have been 100% done after the 2022 season. I just think they most of their remaining assets would have aged out. And they just wouldn't have been able to compete after that. So, I see that the Giants are trying to make some deals to get younger and to possibly have a future. And I understand that. Um, and honestly, this is a good trade for both sides. I get it on both in both directions. Devonta Smith's a very good asset. Dawson Knox gives him a solid number two option next to Kittle uh, to be able to start at tight end. And then the cream pies: I, Adam Thielen and Zach Ertz hold minimal value. I think Zach Ertz could probably be a starting tight end next season. Uh, I, after that future I I don't know what the future holds he's not even going to be on a team until he signs in free agency but Tyreek Hill is obviously still a superstar so really I'm looking at this more of Devonta Smith Dawson Knox for a Tyreek Hill and I I don't mind that I don't mind that trade oh and the 2023 second sorry I missed that but that's a it's a solid trade overall I I think it brings up the points per game for the Boston Cream Pies too if they look to compete in this upcoming season uh do you have any differing thoughts uh
1: no not really uh not not exactly I I really like Devonta Smith uh, acquisition for the Giants and I think that he has more room and growth potential with the uh, with the Philadelphia Eagles there than, you know, for example, like Adam Thielen. Tyreek Hill, obviously an elite that set. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. Zach Ertz, like you said, might not hold value for the 2023 season, but the 2022 season wherever he signs, chances are he's going to be a target hog again. He's going to get a lot of work, and he's going to be probably, if I had to bet money on it, I would bet he would outscore Dawson Knox in 2022 if he gets a decent landing spot that has targets available for him. He just he was that safety valve in Arizona last season, and I think he can do that again and repeat that very similar success wherever he goes. So... To me, I think that the Boston Cream Pies are in a very unique position because they have a lot of young players. I mean, they they have David Njoku right now and Zach Ertz as their two starting tight ends. And I'm really curious to see what happens with Njoku. And then he has like Jerry Judy, for example, and then he just acquired Damian Harris. So there's a lot of young assets on there that could be heavily impacted by these quarterback moves that are happening. I mean... We don't know who the quarterback is going to be in Pittsburgh, for example, for Deontay Johnson, and we we really don't know where Njoku is going to land and if he's going to land with a good quarterback or at least a viable quarterback that's going to be able to get him the ball reliably. So I think it's a great trade for both sides, honestly, and the Giants are, like you said, determined to turn that roster that just went to the championship around and, you know, maybe get a little bit uh, younger there and get some youth on their roster.
0: Yeah, and that's going to be a common theme even coming up here soon. I mean, <laughs> the Giants are a very common team to be in this, uh, to be in these trades. And actually, this next trade we're going to talk about is once again the Jersey Giants. They're obviously they're jumping in this league with uh, some activity and some uh, some drive to make this team better or make this team their own. So this next trade with with them is them receiving Rondale Moore, Kendrick Bourne, and the three oh eight and Columbus curb stompers receiving Ramondre Stevenson just cannot get enough of that New England backfield he was sick to his stomach when Damian Harris left and he just had to grab one of them um this was a little bit of a surprising trade just because I know that the curb stompers really likes Rondale more and so I wasn't really expecting him to trade him away for Ramondre Stevenson at that but uh for uh, really at, at all unless it was like a trade he could not pass up but hey nonetheless he, he does it and uh, I'm happy he got a speculative running back ad that hey he could Roger Stevenson could be awesome in the future and curb could use him for a 2023 run or trade away for higher value but the Giants I, I don't hate it don't love it I don't think Rondell Moore brings a ton of starter value which he currently is going to be starting on in his flex position Uh, Personally, I don't see that yet. Uh, We'll see how the Cardinals are going to utilize him next year. And then Kendrick Bourne and the 308 are pretty much negligible to me. But Kendrick Bourne especially, the 308, uh, it's just going to be a dart throw regardless. So kind of a different trade. Uh, Do you have any thoughts about how this impacts the Jersey Giants' upcoming championship run? Or what, what do you think Curb was doing getting Ramondre? Well,
1: I don't think there is a trade on this list that shocks me more than this trade right here. He loves, the Curb Stompers, that is, loves Rondale Moore. Uh, He loved him going into the 2021 rookie draft and obviously now as well. To me, Rondale Moore represents a screaming buy. I I would love to buy Rondale Moore on most rosters, uh, especially with Christian Kirk, correct me if I'm wrong here, hitting free agency, potentially not being re-signed in Arizona. So, to me, he represents better opportunity than even like Darnell Mooney who is this is very unpopular i'm assuming but i'd rather have right now Rondale Moore over Darnell Mooney wow with the price included and i think that Rondale Moore offers higher upside this is of course my personal opinion and other people obviously disagree but for a committee back like uh, Ramondre Stevenson as it stands right now a, cur- a you know a committee back in the Patriots backfield to me, the Patriots' backfield is very similar to the 49ers' backfield, where I just, you know, you, you want at least one of those guys on your roster. You want at least one because you don't know who's going to pop off and you don't know when a selling opportunity is going to come up where you can get, you can sell, you know, whoever it is, Trey Sermon or, you know, the various carousel of running backs they had in, in the 49ers' backfield last season. Uh, obviously, Elijah Mitchell, when healthy, was the guy right so his price skyrocketed a lot and i think if you bought low on elijah mitchell you really uh hit gold there so i love it for the jersey giants side i really love the rondale moran don't care too much about the Stevenson side but we'll see curbstompers uh definitely should keep me keep me honest there and if i'm wrong he should definitely dm me and tell me so
0: I like holding each other accountable. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna give you a couple of these. This or that. Uh, let's. I, I'm just curious where you have Rondell Moore. Would you rather have Rondell Moore or Kadarius Tony?
1: Yikes! Really don't like that question. Um, <clears throat> uh, am I too biased if I say Kadarius Tony because no. he's on my roster?
0: No, you're not. Because that- I would rather have Kadarius Tony too. So I. Okay. Okay. Not by I- all. No. All right, here. I'll, I'll, let me let me throw one at you that's not on your roster. Let's make this a little less biased. Sure, sure. Let's go, Rondell Moore or Mike Williams.
1: My oh god, <laughs> it's Rondell Moore, and it's not close. See, I hate Mike Williams. I don't bro. think that's <laughs> consensus though.
0: Uh, all right, let's let's do something different here. Let's uh, really okay. Rondell Moore or Chase Claypool. Ooh, I'm gonna go Chase Claypool. Chase Claypool. Chase
1: Claypool over Rondell Moore. I really like Chase Claypool even with the questionable quarterback uh situation in Pittsburgh. All
0: right, I got two more quick ones here for you. Rondell Moore or Michael Thomas.
1: Oh, Michael Thomas It's not even fucking close. Okay.
0: Okay, see the, <laughs> it's, there's
1: no way it's not the close. The community is close. really low
0: on Michael Thomas, so I just I had I was just curious. Okay. And then last one, uh Wonderboy himself, Gabriel Davis or Rondell Moore?
1: oh my god you already know i hate gabriel davis (laughs) (laughs) yes it's Rondale moore every single day of the week over gabriel davis and when it comes to michael thomas we haven't we haven't done an episode of her buys yet but if we do and when we do michael thomas is going to be on that list again because he is the most affordable next to antonio brown 18 plus points per game points per game wide receiver on the market and you just, you cannot find those players very often. And when you do, they win you championships. So.
0: Yeah. No, I I agree. I agree. I just had to see some values there. I, I was kind of curious. Uh, la- I think this is the last trade we have here for the Jersey Giants. Uh, we've got him receiving the 403 and myself receiving John Bates. I'll just do a quick explanation of what my thought process was on this one because I know you're not going to have a whole lot of input just because it's kind of a negligible trade. Uh, John Bates got some play time towards the end of the year last year. He's just a He's a dart throw for myself. I like taking tight end dart throws in a tight end premium league. Just maybe one will stick for at least a good bye week filler. He he was getting... I think he had 100% of the snaps one of the last couple weeks. He had some targets here and there. I just... Speculative dart throw. Logan Thomas was hurt all of last season. You, you never know. Uh, any thoughts on John Bates or the trade in general? I'm assuming not.
1: Uh, negative. I have zero thoughts on that trade. Uh, I looked at my google sheets and i do not even have uh your homie john bates on that tight end list and i think i have 40 tight ends ranked so
0: not a surprise (laughs) he
1: doesn't even exist to me and i had to look him up because i have no idea who that is so
0: yeah he's i'm probably just a homer being i root for Boise state so probably just a homer pick for me but hey you got to take those shots sometimes and it's only a fourth rounder he's that's a dart throw it in itself all right, so mo- moving on to the next one here. We've got Prestige Worldwide re- receiving from myself a 2023 first, a 2024 second, 410, and Naeem Hines. And then I received Travis Etienne and Jarrett Patterson. We're going to run this one back like we did with the J.K. Dobbins Zach Wilson trade. I'm going to let you throw some thoughts out there first since I'm involved in the trade, and uh, I'll give you my side afterwards.
1: Okay, cool. Let's see. When it comes to this trade, hmm, I'm torn. I'm torn between my love for the 2023 rookie class and Travis Etienne. I think Travis Etienne offers a very unique opportunity for dynasty managers. And uh, you know, looking at the market here, I think he, for example, in my rankings for uh, running backs here, I have J.K. Dobbins, Antonio Gibson, Travis Etienne, Cam Akers, and Elijah Mitchell all in the same tier. And out of those five players, Travis Etienne is by far the most affordable. And it's not close. Like, do you think, for example, you could trade uh, those assets that you sent to acquire Travis Etienne for any of those running backs I listed in that tier?
0: the only one that's a possibility is Elijah Mitchell, but probably not still.
1: Probably not. I, I don't. Th- I really don't think you could, unless the Elijah Mitchell manager just hates Elijah Mitchell and just is holding on because he has nothing else to do with him and doesn't know what to do with him. So that's why it's such a unique buying opportunity for me. I mean, I could be completely off here and completely wrong about Travis Etienne. However, I really love Travis Etienne, but I really love the 2023 class so for this trade i think it's perfect for you because that 2023 first round pick we're going to assume your roster doesn't fall apart and the players on your team don't get injured like they did in 2021 even though you still happen to win the championship in 2021 you did get a lot of help from some surprise players that no one saw coming yeah absolutely uh for example like uh debo samuel hunter renfro i might be missing one or two but those are like Oh, Cordell, Cordell Patterson also helped a lot. I mean, without Hunter Renfro and Cordell Patterson kind of filling in those bye weeks and filling in those spots for injuries, you might not have won the championship. You know, who knows? I, I don't know for sure, but it would have been a lot more difficult for you. So that first round pick in 2023 is going to be late, even if the 2023 class is stacked, in my opinion, and you're going to have a lot of value even at the end of the first, even though it's more top heavy than, like, for example, the 2022 class, just looking at the the players that could be entering the draft in 2023. I think it's a win for both sides. I really like the trade for both sides. Jarrett Patterson, don't really have an opinion on him, but it's mostly just the Travis Etienne.
0: Yeah. No, I, you, you, you echoed my thoughts in why I was doing it in the first place that I'm hoping that 2023 first is late. I'm expecting that 2023 first to be late. And while it pained me to trade it away, cause I'm, I'm also a bit of a Debbie guy too. So I know I have an idea of what's upcoming in the 2023 and I love that class, man. It's going to be awesome. But Travis Etienne just offers a ton of upside and I'm looking to win again I once you get a taste of that championship you just you just want more of it man it's 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 addicting and that's what dynasty and fantasy football is all about is winning those championships so just like you said I'm looking for the upside of Travis Etienne and if he can turn into even part of the player he was coming out of college i I'll be very happy he was electric electric prospect so I love that trade for myself and I also understand why Prestige Worldwide was trading him away and the 2023 first is a great acquisition for himself so this next trade, uh, he actually re-traded away that 2023 first to the Roanoke Bulldogs. And he received Davis Mills and Craig Reynolds. So Prestige Worldwide receives Davis Mills and Craig Reynolds. And the Roanoke Bulldogs receive a 2023 first. This is the last trade we're going to be talking about. And to be honest, I'm not loving the direction of that 2023 first and where it went. I Davis Mills is... Uh, speculative still I mean I know he looked okay in his rookie year and I know he's probably going to be the starter going into next season I don't necessarily see him as a starter going forward though and it, that like like we just talked about that 2023 first or that 2023 class excuse me it, it's primed to be solid and it, I don't I just don't love Davis Mills as a as a player, I mean, I I would understand for a second-round pick, maybe taking that, taking that shot on, hey, maybe this guy turns out to be something, but I just don't see it with Davis Mills. Do you see Davis Mills any differently, or uh, am I looking at him correctly?
1: Oh, no, you're spot on. You are spot on, friend. Davis Mills, to me, represents a backup quarterback, and I hate saying that because uh, our homie – The Prestige Worldwide just traded away a first to acquire him. And I once again, talking smack and going in on the Prestige Worldwide there. But Davis Mills, a 2022 starter, definitely. uh, At least as it stands right now, I, I see him as a 2022 starter. But 2023, 2024, a lot of question marks. And when it comes to first round picks in Dynasty, you really need to make sure you use them. To acquire long-term assets or do the best uh, of your ability to acquire long-term assets and stay away from those assets that have a million question marks after their name. Like Davis Mills. Uh, Just a second round pick, like you said, would get it done easy. I would easily ship off a second round pick to acquire Davis Mills. But a first... I'm selling for a first 100% like uh, the Bulldogs just did, but I am not acquiring for a first, and it's not even close in my opinion.
0: All right, Andrew. Well, any, any last thoughts on this trade?
1: Actually, yeah. I have a question for you here. This okay. is an interesting one. So, Davis Mills or Jordan Love?
0: I'm going to go Davis Mills by a small margin. I think Jordan Love technically has higher upside, but I think Davis Mills has a more direct line to actually playing.
1: Okay, okay. And here's another one that could potentially be in the starting role in 2022. Kyle Trask and a second round pick or Davis Mills.
0: Oh. oh. I'm gonna go... Is it the second round pick in 2022 or 2023?
1: It's gonna, uh, okay. So for the sake of this example, we'll do a 2022. So okay. This season, this rookie draft, second round pick. And a mid-second round pick.
0: Mid-second round pick, Kyle Trask for Davis Mills. I'm going to actually take the Kyle Trask in mid-second for Davis Mills. I like Davis Mills over Kyle Trask straight up. But I think I think I think they're both dart throws. And I'd rather have two dart throws than one.
1: <laughs> I mean, I agree. I'm, I'm right there with you.
0: All yeah. right. Let me, I'm going to throw two back at you real quick here. Would you rather have Davis Mills or Jared Goff?
1: Mm, man, you know how much I hate this question here. <laughs> uh, I really dislike Jared Goff. However, I think I would still lean Jared Goff over Davis Mills.
0: Ah. Uh, gonna lean that way too but it's gross feeling all right i got one more for you uh let's go davis mills or carson wentz
1: uh the scary part is that on keep trade cut davis mills is over carson wentz however yes i find that very interesting as well but for me i'm still carson wentz over davis mills
0: I am too, just because we've seen Carson Wentz high end and we know what his high end is. And I don't even know if Davis Mills has 2021 Carson Wentz potential, to be honest. So I'm going to take Carson Wentz too, but I just know everyone's soured on Carson. So I was curious. I had to ask.
1: Oh, everyone's very soured on Carson. (laughs) And to me, if you have Carson Wentz, Jared Goff or Davis Mills... In Superflex, you really need to reevaluate the quarterback position because there are some options out there that you need to move up to to try and get, whether it's draft capital or whatever because all three of those quarterbacks just you just don't even want to like touch them with a like a 6-foot stick. You know, they're just that oh, gross in dynasty. So
0: I don't like it. Uh, we could have a whole podcast episode with throwing the air rats in here with us, just talking about Carson Wentz and how much we love him. Uh, (laughs) Anyways, Hmm. well, I think we're going to call it after there. Hey, thanks guys for tuning in, uh, bringing it back with us here with the dynasty optimists. And uh, we're going to be coming out soon. I'm going to have a off season power rankings coming out soon. And uh, I know Andrew and I are going to try and pump out some content for you. So, Hey, we'll talk to you next time on the dynasty optimists.